Well, uh, welcome everybody. This is uh, a little bit of a different approach that we're taking today. We're going to have an unscripted conversation um, about goals and, uh, you know, maybe some new perspectives on it and quite possibly a little controversy. I mean, after all, I make a living by being a disturbance. Why not? Again, this is just a very informal unscripted uh, conversation. But first, uh, I am Kathleen Seeley. If you don't know me, I'm Kathleen Seeley. I live in Salmon Arm, British Columbia, and I'm the founder of Massively Human Leadership. I do lots of work with leadership teams, uh, groups. Uh, we work a lot with coaches and trainers, and we have a lot of offerings for people in the personal transformation space. Many of you people may know me from um, I've been a training partner and working with Jack Canfield for the past 13 years. So however you came our way, be it in the leadership space, the personal transformation space, a coach, a trainer, uh, welcome. Uh, appreciate you being here. And I want to introduce you to Natalie. Natalie Alexia. Um, before you say anything, Natalie, I want to talk a little bit about your background. Natalie, um, for us, she does a lot of business development as well as she's an amazing transformational trainer. Um, she worked specifically, one thing that uh, I think many people in the Canfield world know her for is a viral photography project she was part of called Loves the True Black. And she partnered with the United Nations on International Day of Peace. And um, there was like uh, 35,000, what is that, 35,000 participation on social on that day? Yeah, so we had 35,000 people share right. their own images on that day and and here's yeah. the thing though this is this is what got my attention well i mean i love natalie anyway i think she's amazing but 400 million reach like what a huge impact um with you know a wonderful message uh she's been working in the personal development space for 10 years she's been a mad meditator for 100 years she's meditated and manifested uh <laughs> for nearly 30 years so she's really um a great addition to me personally as a friend, but also to the Massively Human team. So with all of that, welcome, Natalie. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to be here with you today to see That's what right. we end up sharing with people. It is an unscripted <laughs> talk, but it's an important talk because it came as a result of me having more than 20 conversations with individuals, uh, mostly women, some men, over a period of two weeks uh, when we put out a coaching offer to, to work with me one-on-one -on -one. and some interesting themes uh, emerged. And it's also, uh, it, it sort of came into a conversation about goals. You know, when you hire a coach, it's like, what's your goal? Which is a standard question to ask. Um, but what I can say is sort of something's been haunting me for a number of years about goals and the effectiveness of goal setting and um you know sort of maybe have smart goals kind of um had their way with us and we're done with them but we'll see where we get to at the end of this conversation again it's um it's unscripted but i'm curious and natalie i think you're curious too how many of you regularly set goals yeah this is I, I joke with Kathleen when we put this together, that this was her coming out of the closet as a, as a potential non-goal setter. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's kind of true, but um, uh, we're going to get a little more into that, aren't we, uh, Natalie? So most people have been setting goals. Yes. So. so let's talk, I think let's talk about, we said, I think we said when we invited people into this conversation, how might your goals be limiting you? So I think most of us typically uh, the most common form of goal setting is something that we might see as a SMART goal. And I'm pretty sure everyone out there knows, but stands for specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, realistic, and or time bound. Um, so an example of that might be something like, I will weigh 145 pounds by December the 31st, 2023. So we, we wanted to be in the conversation, I guess, about goals literacy and when goals might be great and also when goals might be limiting you and so kathleen what do you think is a great way what, what do you think is actually a good use of a smart goal let's start okay there. so for most of my life up until about a year or so ago i used to set a smart goal every monday to lose weight <laughs> Sorry. okay um but i'm gonna be a little more uh, i'll be more serious but smart goals are great for a sort of a tangible outcome like getting out of debt running a marathon earning enough money to, to pay a deposit on a house, sort of things that are finite or tax-based. But here's the thing, 
when we talk about our bigger lives and these conversations that I've had with people, life really, it, some people say, well, life is a marathon. Well, not really, because we don't know how many miles we're going to be running. Um, we can certainly train and plan for a marathon. I have run two myself. I understand the, 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 the goal setting nature that, that, the, that's required to run a marathon, but really life isn't linear. And if you look at your life right now, and um, just think about your life right now, and where you are today isn't because you set a specific goal. And there was so many intended and unintended things that, that, that happened in your life that got you to where you are. Goal might have been part of it, but not all of it. There's no single workshop, no single moment. It's a culmination of things that you've done that have got you to where you are today. So I'm not suggesting that goals are a bad thing. But when we sort of put all our, our eggs in the goal basket, I think we're missing out on an opportunity to really um, sort of lean into our possibility. I can tell you on a lot of these calls that I had with people, it would start off with, you know, what's your goal or what's your intention or what's your plan? And, you know, people have a specific goal. And I suggest if you really knew what you wanted, you would already have it. And I think a goal is an indication of, I sense there's something I want to work towards, but um, I'm not quite sure what it is. And so it's more about how do I wanna feel? What do I wanna uh, create? And honestly, setting goals in today's context, I think is uh, crazy <laughs> in a way. It, it, it's so unpredictable. And so anyway, our conversation is gonna focus around Goals are useful and there's more. Right, Natalie, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think so. I think to me, a smart goal, I agree with you for like a task-based uh, thing, something that's kind of very finite is, is a great idea because, you know, there are a number of steps, for example, to get out of debt, to run a marathon, the things that you said. But I have personally always struggled with um, the idea of a smart goal because it feels to me like I'm being put in a box um, it feels quite constricting to me. It feels like it doesn't really allow for possibility. Um, and also, I, I would consider myself to be uh, probably someone who maybe feels my way through life. And so for me, uh, a smart goal particularly feels quite emotionless. And so that's tough uh, for me. Yeah, so I think that they have their place. And then I think that it's I also have seen, you know, being in the personal development space over a period of time, that, that goals can become like a stick mm -hmm. that people beat themselves with. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to measure up to some prescribed version of what success should look like. And with something as finite as a SMART goal, depending on what you are utilizing it for, there isn't really much leniency. It's like, you either weigh 145 pounds by December the 31st, or you don't. It can feel to me like a, a fail or succeed type of um, energy. Yeah, and around even it. more importantly is what uh, to look sort of beyond the goal is to sort of what does that bring you? What is uh, sort of the underlying motivation or intentionality behind setting a goal? Again, we're not saying goals our um, goals are a bad thing, but I do think, I agree with you, they can really limit you. And when we set a goal today, so you set a goal today, you're setting a goal from your current view of your life. So imagine living in a seven story apartment building and you live on the first floor and all you see is what's out your window like you see the cars driving by the people walking their dogs you kind of know you know starbucks is down the street whatever that's your view and so if you set a goal from that view the the possibility is restricted to that view and then one day you meet your neighbor in the elevator and they say hey you want to come over for dinner sure and they're on the fifth floor you take the elevator up you look out their window and you see I never knew we live so close to the ocean. So it's broadening your view. So, so looking at sort of your life overall and what is it that, what energy or what do you wanna create? What experience do you wanna lean into? I'm similar to you, Natalie. I've, 
I haven't really been a good goal setter unless it was to run a race or um, finish a class, which is important. Um, but it's more, I've always been drawn to how I feel. And every time I move in the direction of my intention or my intuition, a whole new world opens up for me. So when we talk about goals being potentially restrictive, I think that that's, I mean, is that what you mean? Because that's what I mean. It's like, I, I, I can't see the world except for from my view. How do I broaden my view? Yeah, I think it's for me, I love I love the the idea of holding on loosely to a goal. So it becomes a direction to aim in. And so we leave space for possibility and emergence because life is very unpredictable. I don't know if anyone else has noticed, <laughs> but life is very unpredictable. It never really seems to go the way that you expect that it might. I have to say, I, I tend to dig deeper. I'm like you, I would more tune into a feeling that I'm looking to generate. Um, and I think, because I, I believe that underneath every goal that we have, there's something that we're looking to, a way that we're looking to feel, you know, whether we're looking to feel um, successful or one of my recent ones was, I wanted to have a partner in my life. I have been, um, divorced well separated for five years and when I even thought about that I thought well I could set a goal to have a partner in my life but what is it that I really want to feel I want to feel more love um, and then looking at looking at even the ways in which love is already present in my life that's a place that I tend to go to when I'm thinking about goal setting so it doesn't become this tight uh, in a box defined thing but more this expanded what is it that I'm really looking to create for myself? I think that's what you're saying. What's the feeling? Yeah. And the more you look for the feeling, um, the, the function of what you're looking for, as opposed to the form, um, the more I think uh, we find what we're looking for. Uh, and we aren't quite sure. Like, I, I think that when people come to me and they say, I have a goal, I want to, I'm just going to pull something out of my head. I want to my company to earn $300,000 by December 31st, 2023. Okay, that's, that's a very clear, tangible goal. You can see that on December 31st, you can see, do I have that money in my bank account? But what's more important is what does having that bring you? What does that goal bring you? And going deeper into it, it's like, what does um, finding a partner bring you? And um, it's really an experience or a feeling that's really out everywhere and if we get too stuck on how it's supposed to look then um we could get uh that, that's how they limit limit us if you were looking for you know some someone six foot four uh, brown eyes blah 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 you're limiting yourself uh to your possibility by being so restrictive so it's really what is the feeling that i'm looking for so going back to your conversation <laughs> conversations plural the kind of thing that inspired our conversation and inspired us to hop on and do this. So you had these coaching conversations with 20 or so people and you said there's something here, like what was being shared? What was emerging for you through those conversations? What was the... So what I, I got overall, um, uh, this sense of is something that's sort of been knocking on my door for a while. It's uh, feels like a long time coming. It's the thing that kind of sometimes wakes me up at night, like what's next? and reevaluating life and recalibrating my life. And the people I spoke to were things like, I'm exhausted. And, and I have to say the age range was 45 and up, just, just to be um, uh, clear about sort of the, the age range of people I was talking to. But this sense of um, I'm exhausted, I have a, a good job, I don't know, what I should do next, but I feel like I should have a big goal. It's sort of this sense of overwhelm instead of clarity. Does that make sense? Just this, um, I, I'm drowning in my own ambition kind of thing. Like I just, I noticed this affinity with people, sort of this, what is next in the next part of my life? And basically, I don't want to set another goddamn smart goal. <laughs> I mean, that would be 
the headline is like, to what end? And I guess I feel that, okay, Janice. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. I have thoughts about this, which is like, I think for, you know, I know you said 45 plus, but I think that we're certainly seeing this as, you know, Kathleen talks about, many of you know, we work in the leadership space and the corporate space, and we have something um, that's very much part of the current narrative where they're talking about the great reflection. And it's really this, um, what has happened in the wake of the pandemic. And I, I, I think that it applies globally. It's, it's definitely applying to organizations and corporate cultures, but I think I'm seeing it apply very, very personally to everyone um, around me, which is that there has never been a time, remembered time in most of our lifetimes, when we were really faced with our own mortality in the same way, and the mortality of those people mm -hmm. that we love, that we were all faced with during those two years when the pandemic was very much you know, in its peak. And I think that there's something that happened for all, for many of us. I want to say all of us, I don't know if that's true, but it's like, what is this all for? You know, when you're faced with some kind of catalyst of an event and you think maybe you might not end up being here or someone you deeply care about might not end up being here, you begin to wonder, what is it that I really want in life? What is it that I really want to create? How is it that I really want to spend my time? Especially with the shift that so many people saw too um, with the remote working situation, which actually allowed them even to be more flexible probably with their time and their schedule that, than they had ever been before. And there was this vacuum created whereby many of us who were very, very busy all the time, and busyness, there's nothing wrong with being busy, but also busyness can be a distraction from what really is going on, what it really is that we want to cre create. And so in this vacuum and this space that was created, I think that's kind of, yes, for 45 plus, it maybe would be a typical stage of life thing, but I actually think for many people um, across generations, we're seeing this reflection of, you know, what is it that I really want to There's create? some really great stuff in that in the chat that just sort of validates what we're thinking and, and working towards articulating in our call. And it's like, I hope I'm saying your name right, Liza. If not, uh, tell me it's Lisa. Option one or two, Liza. Option one, Lisa, option two. <laughs> but she says, uh, I understand that as well. I don't want my life to be a series of uh, setting and achieving goals. Rachel, when I set a goal, my focus ends up splintering. That's the thing, Rachel. And I love that you said that because I have this uh, concept of a, of a domino goal, but um, something in your life, when you choose to move in one direction, it affects all parts of your life. So you have to kind of look at the broader picture of our lives if we're looking at moving in a direction and also not limiting ourselves by saying, I must have this by this day um, or else I must beat myself over the head with a big wouldn't that in over all these conversations what I noticed is some people were saying you know I want to start my business I want to become a coach I want to leave my job I want to be happy in my job I want to um, accomplish this accomplish that um, but really at the end of the day at the end of the conversations it's really about finding more peace in the chaos and it's about shifting this sort of frantic energy around doing, 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 and landing more into the beingness. And, and we're not talking here about just sitting, you know, contemplating our navels, eating chocolate, watching Netflix, which sometimes it might look like that too. That's completely fine. Um, it's not about stopping, but it's about more intentionality in our action. And I think most of us don't really actually know what we want because it's about, again, moving from the first floor to the second floor to the third floor to the top floor of the building where we can really see our lives uh, from a whole new vantage point. And if we get too stuck on one thing, we lose out on other things. So how do we uh, sort of look at our, our lives as a whole? Well, that's overwhelming, right? to say, I need to change my whole life. That means we have to look at all the systems in our life and our interaction with all the systems. We have to change all the patterns. 
But what if, what if you were just to focus on one thing? What if we sort of narrowed in uh, intentional action from focusing on this big goal to looking at one thing in your life that is small enough that, that, that you can actually change, but big enough to make a difference. And what that might mean is just spending like 30 minutes a day with your kids instead of a distracted energy or 30, 10 minutes a day. I was just one of my coaching clients. I just said, just, just for 10 minutes for you, 10 minutes, just listen to this um, uh, podcast. Uh, meditation podcast and just see notice yourself when you're in it and then that's all you have to do go on with your life and then notice it over time what's changing for you um, a little more peace from the chaos just reprioritizing energy oh janice if we have no goals what is the compass directing our lives i love that question janice uh, because what is it that can guide our lives if we don't have goals? It's understanding what's driving that. What is the motivation for that goal? Why is it that you think you want that thing? Um, I think what I'm thinking is I, it, there's almost like this fear, and I think it's a conditioned fear, which is like, oh, if we don't have some long list of arbitrary goals, then we might never be successful. But I have to say, I mean, I've been working with intentions and, and um, generating desired feelings for years. And I, I would consider myself to be a high achiever. I haven't dropped in achievement or productivity. I have seen as I moved away from goal setting and moved towards setting intentions and generating the feelings that I personally desire to experience in my life, I feel overall more peace, internal peace and life satisfaction. For me, there can be a, a relationship between the type of goal setting that I was conditioned or that I was first shown and dissatisfaction. And really I am very much like one of my main priorities in my life is feeling more peace because it's very nice yeah. in case anyone. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, Kirsten is asking, can you give me an example of an intention versus a goal? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like if I'm going to just go back to the weight loss example, because I think it's simple, like a goal might be I'm going to weigh 145 pounds um, by December 31st. But to me, like I actually have a very, um, a, a very profound intention this year to focus on my health. And so what does that mean? Focusing on my health? Like what, how is it that I actually want to feel? What's the generated feeling that I'm looking for? Well, I'm looking to feel more energy for one. Um, I'm looking to feel more vitality, but my intention is to focus on my health. And like Kathleen says, what's one small thing that I could do every day, every week to move towards my intention of having a focus on my health. And it feels gentler to me. Um, and generally speaking, when I have an intention, actually I was sharing with Kathleen this morning, I set an intention in 2019 to have my dream job and all of the ways in which I wanted to feel and the role that I had. And I screenshot and shared it with her this morning. And it's pretty much the role that I have now working with Kathleen and Massively Human. That, that's my, my answer to what's the difference between an intention and, and uh, versus a goal. And Kristen says, I've been doing intentions versus goals without knowing it. And, and Kristen, like we, uh, we know each other, uh, have worked together in the corporate space for many, many years. We're not, uh, and, and, and I know you, you hear and appreciate this. We're not talking about, we have to have deliverables at work. We, we need to, to get things done, but in the bigger picture of our lives, what, what is this action that we're putting in front of us that we want to move towards? What is it bringing us? And one of my best examples, I've used it so many times if, if you've been on any of my in any of my conversations, but it's one of my best examples um, is, is really looking at what drives us. And I, I feel our values underpin everything that we do. Our values are the drivers to our behavior. Our beliefs can get in the way, 
but our values drive the behavior. And um, when I was working with this person in Calgary, um, his goal, and this is a goal, to double his income. Okay, that's a great goal. What does doubling your income bring you? Well, I can buy a house in Calgary. Okay, what does buying a house in Calgary bring you? Well, it, it, it creates a space for my family to come visit. Well, what does creating a safe spa a space for your family to come visit bring you? Well, more connection to my family. So you see the, the form doubling the income was to meet the function of being closer to the family. So is there other ways that you can reach out and connect and be closer to your family up until the time you double your income, like fill your boots. That's, there's nothing right or wrong about that goal, but it's broadening um, um, the spectrum of, it's like looking at it from the seventh floor. It's like Natalie um, wanting to find a partner. Uh, she just looked for love everywhere and, 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 and saw it. And, and in, in a, um, not in a, uh, it didn't have to come in a certain container. It was all around her life. And then it brought more love. And that's what I'm talking about with that sort of what is that driving force? I know some people, uh, someone said something about my life purpose drives it. Yeah, your purpose, your core motivation, your values. What is that deeper thing that's pushing up? And, and I do think it's possible the age of the uh, smart goal, so to speak, um, may have come to pass. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Natalie? Yeah, I, I, I think I wonder, and I, I think Kathleen and I were quite clear when we said we wanted to talk about this and, and, and be in the conversation because it doesn't feel like there's a single right answer here. But to me, when I look at a SMART goal, it feels like it's designed for a world that no longer exists. And kind of when we were prepping and, to, and thinking about what we were going to talk about, we were kind of looking at the origin of smart goals and smart goals come from like a 1950s era. They come from an era which was very much about command and control, about not stepping out of line, about things being linear. And um, and I think that we are seeing the breakdown of that that command and control um, across many iterations of life. It's certainly being talked about a lot in the corporate space. But I also happen to be a, a, a mother and um, even looking at parenting styles, you know, I have a, a good friend who's got a, a young baby, my kids are older. And mm -hmm. the difference with the way that people parent now is much less command and control than it was even, you know, 10, yeah, 20 years ago when I had kids. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I think I the think... command and control or the smart goals really were designed in a world where where one plus one equaled two, in a very linear mechanism mechanistic. Uh, that's a new word, maybe you know, a bit of a linear formula for for um, living and life. And what we find is uh, is that it's really more um, quantum than that. It's more it's more. Uh, organization in in chaos so to speak there isn't a single right answer we have complex questions that are presenting us every day and to set a goal in today's complex environment to me is almost uh futile because at any moment everything can change so really rather than getting focused on this one thing this this goal it's about how do i want to feel how do i want to flow through my life um, what, what is happiness, fulfillment, and success to me from the inside out, not the outside in? Um, so often, you know, we, we, and I think it's developmental, you know, in our lives, but as we age great, very gracefully, like a fine wine, um, as, as I've aged and, <laughs> and the people around me, it's really a shift from this, what do people think of me to what do I think of me? Like when I'm clear on my values, I have spoken up, I've made decisions, I've made choices. They haven't always been perfect, but they come from a deeper place. This whole, I'm okay with you not liking me because what's true is I, I got to look at me at the end of the day. And I mean, it sounds sort of trite, uh, but it's very true for me that I will speak up. I will, I will be that disturbing um, energy in a room if I feel like the person who's in, in isn't in the room isn't being spoken up for. And it's more about, I have to look at myself at the end of the day. So how do we build our lives around that sort of energetic intention, getting this clarity 
on who we are and, and sort of stop, if you are, like whacking yourself uh, with that big bat when you don't reach, quote, said goal, because there might be something different. I, I, I feel like I have this sort of model or frame uh, on how I look at the decisions I've made in my life. And, and when I share this in conversation with other people and you specifically, Natalie, um, it seems to resonate. So we have sort of this logical, rational side of ourselves, right? It's, it's the, the one plus one equals two side of our brain. And then we have this intuition side. And um, uh, we all know what intuition is, right? Am I right about it, everyone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we, we all have intuition. And I would bet that we've all gone against our intuition. So we have this logical, rational, one plus one equals two. And if we use the logical, rational brain, we never would have gotten married. We never would have had children. There's no logic or ration in either of those choices, um, but we choose it. So intuitive, their intuition's kicking in. So if we can sort of get more self-aware and sort of move up, you know, build a scaffolding of our lives to observe what might be possible for us instead of getting so stuck in a specific goal and take that logical, rational part of ourselves and that intuition part and somewhere in the middle lies consciousness and uh, the place where we make decisions from. We might consciously choose to go against our intuition, but if, if it comes from conscious choice, then there's no guilt, there's no beating ourselves up over a decision. I made this choice, I'm moving ahead. For example, I mean, I went out a couple weeks ago with a friend of mine I hadn't seen forever and um, drank a lot of wine. My logical, rational side of my brain is like, Kathleen, you are not going to, you know, this is not good for you. My intuition was also, oh, my God, I'm loving this connection with my friend. I haven't seen her in ages. So I made a conscious choice <laughs> to have a hangover. <laughs> Silly, fun example, but we do that with bigger things. And we beat ourselves up over choices that we make because they're coming from an unconscious place, an unconscious fear, uh, a measuring stick from the outside in. But if we become aware of that, if we can see ourselves in that, we make decisions and choices from a conscious place, be they right or wrong, we're owning them instead of regretting them. I don't know, any of that make sense? Um, it makes complete sense to me. It, it, the acknowledgement that both of these things exist and bringing it to a place of conscious choice and i think if we can get ourselves to a place of conscious choice about what it is that we want to create decisions that we have to make it does lead to less um internal terrorism yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for, for one for a better um phrase i think um i think of it i i do believe you know i, I when I think about things like goal setting and this intent, uh, intuition and this rational, logical mind, I think as a culture, we we have a prior, we have been conditioned to have a prioritization of the masculine. And by masculine, I don't mean men. I mean that within each of us, doesn't matter how we identify from a gender perspective, we have like masculine and feminine energy, and we also have. Uh, traits that we would associate with masculine and traits that we would associate with the feminine. And I think that we have been conditioned to to view one set of traits as being superior to the other. So it's like, you know, we see striving, achieving, ambition, success, winning. These things would be associated with like the masculine side of life. There's nothing wrong with these things, by the way. We're not saying they're bad. That's just, you know, they belong over there. And then the other side of life, which is the feminine side of life, would be the intuitive, the joyful, the playful, uh, the, the feeling, the resting. That's kind of what is represented by the feminine aspect of our human experience. And I think that we tend to be in a space where it's we can have those things when like either as a reward or oh, I've done enough striving and achieving and ambition now I may have a little bit of rest <laughs> <laughs> or <laughs> we just we prioritize them we you know these two parts that make up a human existence and like we we the the discomfort 
and I'm not excluded from this, the discomfort that I have um, when I'm not doing, achieving and striving is, is palpable yeah. sometimes. And, and, and it's, uh, it's like the, what this has done, I believe, if we put it in the context of goal setting is like, we have our productivity so closely coupled to yeah. our worth. I am only worth, I'm only a good person. I am only doing a good job at life when I'm doing, I'm achieving, I'm striving, I'm winning. Yeah. Only then we're allowed maybe sometimes to sit on the couch and eat Exactly. Well. It's waiting for, for the collapse. What if we didn't have to wait for the collapse to be um, significant? competent and lovable what if we didn't have to fall apart after sort of giving it all up for people and i think what you're really talking about is how i see well-being and and i see well-being as not a state of perfection perfect balance or perfect peace but more the ability to see when we're off track to see oh i'm i'm feeling anxious you know when you when you feel anxiety it's really because something in your life isn't working so if you're feeling anxious just just stop and say, what's not working in my life? You know, just step back uh, and and look at it instead of getting swept away in the anxiety. And, and you know, if, if you're if you find yourself frustrated, um, you're frustrated because you're somehow you know, incapable of accomplishing whatever it is you want to accomplish. Um, maybe you're going at it the wrong way. You know, maybe you're super frustrated or disappointed in your life because you keep setting these goals you don't reach. What if if you set goals from a different place, set intention from a more aligned place? What if that changed everything? You know, if you're feeling stressed, it's because you're trying to do too much. It's just too much happening. How can we stop, take a beat? Because we uh, uh, maybe we all don't, but there's been a lot of research on multitasking that suggests that the more things we try to do at once, the less effective we are. But if we're stressed, we're just trying to do too much. Um, I've had some people say to me, you know, I'm just like so bored. I know that one. I know bored, but here's the thing. You're not challenging yourself enough if you're bored. Up your game. You know, that's for those of you who are not in the overachieving goal setting. But if you're bored, it's because you're not challenging some part of you or you're afraid to challenge a part of you. You're staying in that, that uh, some people call it a comfort zone, but I call it a zone of familiarity. You're staying in the familiar zone, not necessarily comfortable, but just because you know the drill. And overwhelm is just, you know, it comes from a place of just feeling this lack of clarity. So bringing it back to well-being, if we kind of give ourselves a break, just a little bit of a break, and to allow for whatever emotion to flow through and ask ourselves some, you know, key questions, what's happening right now, to be able to sort of see ourselves and, and get into that sort of conscious place between radical, 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 <laughs> rational, radical, but sort of being able to make a conscious choice to reground ourselves. To me, that is well-being. And that external measurement um, for me it is just no longer valid. I remember it took me like years, literally years of thinking that I had to weigh a certain amount before I could wear a two-piece bathing suit. I mean, most of my life. And then once it was so freaking hot, I was on vacation with my kids. I put on a bikini, I went to the pool and nobody noticed. Nobody, <laughs> nobody looked at me, I ordered a beer, no one commented. And then I'm like, well, why not? I spent most of my life worrying about this moment and nobody cares. So again, that internal drive um to to what what's sort of what has meaning for me what's going to pull me forward what do i want in my life it's like with natalie with more love she just found the love around her a very simple example for me is i remember when i bought a honda pilot never seen a honda pilot before and then they're everywhere so it's about noticing all the things around you that are really there in favor of uh, you leaning into your next step or moving to the next floor of the apartment building to, to go up one level and take a breath and go, oh, I never saw that. Oh my gosh, oh, that's possible. So if you set a goal from the first floor, you're really limiting yourself. And then you might get to the seventh floor and go, gosh, I live next to the ocean, I never even knew it. You know, all of this is possible. I, I think everything that we've talked about today and um everything that I sort of 
feel around me from the conversations that I've had, the conversations that we have and the things that we talk about is like, it's not that goal setting is wrong or right. It's just, there's like a call for something deeper. I think many of us are feeling this, this call to be living our lives in a way that I think someone said earlier in the chat, I don't want my life to be one long list of just achieving goals. I, I definitely think that's what what's coming up is this call for something deeper. First of all, I want to talk to Morgan who said, um, how do you deal with being stuck? And and Morgan, I I don't know as you're stuck, it might be that you're afraid to do what's next. Um, and, and it's like looking at the whole of your life and again, finding one thing that is small enough to get done, but big enough to matter and just do that one thing, um, and, and see and notice how you feel what's going on in your mind. Um, if it's just like sitting for 30 minutes at the dinner table, paying attention to your family without the cell phone, what's happening? Oh, I should be answering emails. I shouldn't be here in the beginning. And then notice your mind shifting. It might be getting calmer. You might be engaging more with your family. Who knows? I don't know. But it's like, what's a little thing you can bite off? Because if you're trying to change a whole pattern, the pattern is too much. But what you might find is sort of this more, oh, I notice that. I notice that I'm very distracted. I notice that I pile things on. I notice that I say yes to things when I should say no. I, I, I notice that. Okay, so where else is that showing up in your life? And can you apply you know, this to the next step? So it's just one little thing, um, one little irritation that, that you see when you walk in the house every day. What would happen if you changed that? Where would your energy go? So yeah, like uh, we started when I had all these conversations with people and um, we started having um, internal conversations about what was showing up on all these calls in my own gut and other people I'm talking to, my friends and, and uh, with Natalie and just everybody. We're thinking, you know, what is, what is happening here? Um, and and what, uh, what is to be done about it? Because I, I never think that I personally have an original thought. I, I think that I might be able to articulate things um, but I, none of my thoughts are original and, and this sense of, you know, real intentional action, uh, for this next half of my life, um, looking at sort of bigger, bigger picture with smaller action, drilling down, uh, going deeper, it brought us to an idea. And this is a whole new idea that we're excited about. And, um, we're very curious what you think about it. Um, uh, but I have this sense of, you know, really, no matter what I've done in my life, everything I've done in my life, the things I've done against myself, the things I've done for myself, I inevitably <laughs> find my next better step. I, I am inevitable. I, I feel like there's this inevitability about our possibility. And, um, and, and, and it's like this, I try to get in the way of myself with my fears or with my stories or what will other people think. But the more I, I shed myself of those stories and those uh, external markers, the more I realize that I just keep showing up as myself uh, inevitably. And I believe the same about everyone else. So we, we, we put together a thought, um, uh, a, a challenge, so to speak, it's called an anti-challenge <laughs> anti challenge. And you're gonna hear more about it if you're interested, it's gonna come your way. But really um, going through a process of exploring, you know, what is it that, um, that we're doing that might be sort of blocking our own evolution. And um, Natalie, I know you have thoughts on my inevitable bit. Um, why don't you share your thinking about that piece? Yeah, I, I, we talked about this yesterday um, when we were kind of defining, you know, the buckets of ideas we wanted to bring up on this call. And when I think about th this idea, like you are inevitable, this is what we were talking about. I, I, I wonder about what if there was nothing to do, which kind of feels like a, a thought that almost makes me feel uncomfortable in my body. I have to be honest. Um, 
but I, I agree with what you were saying. It's like, if I look at my life, am I here because of a goal? No. Have I had goals? Yes. But like, there's some kind of, um, some culmination of experiences and things that have happened in my life. And some of them have been happy and great and wonderful and exciting. And other things have been very sad and tragic and terrible. And I wished at the time they weren't happening, but on reflection, they were all perfect to get me to this place that I'm at right now in, in this moment. And um, I, I like holding space for the thought, what if there was nothing to do? Um, not because I want to sit around and do nothing, but I think the thought feels revolutionary in a world where it feels like we're obsessed with doing um yeah those are my thoughts on uh, on you are inevitable and i have to say my my two questions i love when i'm thinking about what you know making a decision are i tend to go back to what would love do and will this bring me peace yeah. that's kind of like my two main yeah. <laughs> decision making uh but i think it's about what you said earlier that those two questions to me bring to my conscious awareness all of the different factors that are occurring in any moment. Um, so yeah, I so do, do I do um, the is what do I want? And is what I'm doing getting me closer to what I want or further away? And the last thing I want to say, um, because we have this, we do have something we want to share with you. And we'd love to know uh, what you think because we're creating a uh, we've created a five day anti challenge challenge. <laughs> Um, yes, because like I said, because life is right. challenging, challenging enough. enough. Let's join an anti-challenge. But I had another thought that came to me, and it's the idea of resilience. So here's the thing: we need to uh, build up resilience. That's valuable. But I say let's go upstream a little. You know, instead of being downstream at the river, pulling bodies out of the river, drying people off, and giving them a resilience program, let's go upstream and see what in our lives is causing our need to be so damn resilient. Humans are resilient, we've proven it. We've, you know, we've come through a pandemic, but, but what if I participated and co-created my own need for resilience? And that's what I think our idea with this anti-challenge is, it's like, how can I pull away things, get more clear on what I wanna create and move with more intention to our next step? So we have, uh, we do have an anti-challenge challenge that we're gonna put a, a, a link in the chat. Uh, Carson will share it. We want to, we'd love you to join. Um, and it's a five day, you are an inevitable anti-challenge. Like that's a mouthful, but just seeing, um, just looking at um, sort of first identifying the following art. We have this format of identifying, you know, looking at your energy, where's the energy going? What's stopping you? What's blocking you? What's where, when are you in flow? And then we're going to, on the second day, we're going to explore, you know, what is it um, that's really driving you? What do you want in your life? And then align, looking at your values and aligning, aligning your next steps to those values. It's like, it's not about doubling your income. It's about connection to your family. It's, it's not about finding that soulmate like Natalie. It's finding just, just noticing love around me and, and, and without a push, without a pushing, it's more, we want to create a space for us to just find flow for a little bit of time. And, and then in between days, just letting things go a little bit, um, just noticing what happens and you know doing something again, that's small enough to get done, but big enough to matter and see what happens in your life. So we hope you join us. Um, looking forward to seeing. Uh, you there, but um, I have enjoyed this conversation about goal setting. I am out of the closet. I'm not a goal setter, although, you know, I've done lots of things that required goals, but overall in my life, I've never said I want to be this, do this, have that. Um, and what's happened for sure is inevitably, I've just found my way to this fabulous life that's full of a lot of craziness, a lot of uh, they call them, some people call them failure. I call them really, really intense learning experiences. <laughs> and um, and uh, I love the journey I'm on. I love the journey I'm on with uh, Natalie and Veronica and Carson and our team. And uh, we hope that you'll uh, join us in this, this anti-challenge challenge, not anti-uncle challenge, anti. <laughs> uh, uh, Carson?
is asking how long are the sessions each day and so kind of coming from this space of like there's enough challenges in life already uh, and wanting things to be gentle and not overwhelming the sessions are actually just going to be 30 minutes um, and then there's an option if you want to stay on for Q&A and we have an option for people who want to do a reflection session. So there's a way you can make it longer if you'd like to make it longer and kind of squeeze more juice out of the lemon. But ultimately, um, it would just be a very, uh, hopefully a very uh, positive and deep but relatively quick infusion um, of goodness and clarity into your life and all the things that... Um, Oh yeah, we, uh, we've just got a, a few people who just signed up. Trisha, I see you. And here's the thing, if you if you do sign up for this, we are sending you a, uh, we aren't gonna say what it is, but we're sending you a gift um, uh, for, for joining us on the Empty Challenge. So pay attention to your email and you'll learn all about that. But um, this was fun. I'm getting more clarity on my idea. The big takeaway here though, is we do have this rational, logical side of us and we have our intuition and, and never has my intuition done me wrong. However, some of my fears, my concerns, my, you know, external pressures have contributed to my making choices that go against my intuition. But this, what we're doing is trying to wake up ourselves, um, consider our rational, logical side, consider our intuition, but make decisions from a conscious place um, and, and not go, I shoulda, coulda, woulda, just like lean into it and, and go to the second floor and go, oh, I never knew that was here. So we're not gonna have you set a big goal because your possibility isn't, we aren't there yet. It's, it's about discovering yourself along the way. And remember where you are today, it wasn't the result of a workshop, one single book, one single moment, one single trauma, one single win. It wasn't a culmination of, and it wasn't a result of one thing that you did. It's a culmination of things. So it's kind of taking a moment and looking at all the goodness in your life, the, the things that hurt, the things that supported you, um, the unintended things that happened, the intended things that you wanted that didn't happen, you know, when you wore a two-piece bathing suit and nothing bad happened. But just kind of looking at it all and saying, well, what's my just my next baby step? That's what this is all about. Mm -hmm.